Welcome, everybody, to today's research check, where we're going to talk about the core rule book that's been out for like, I don't know, six months or something. And we're just we're going back in time. It's okay. Why, why did we let the guys be like, hey, let's, uh, let's leave the biggest book <laughs> to them? We got... We got conned. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. They probably were like, they know it better than us. <laughs> we do know it. We're the most expertest of the. Yes, the most expertest. We make Rick look good. That's true. Right, as That's women right. often do for the men yeah. in their lives. Yeah. All right. Um, and yeah, so essentially, just like always, if you um, have questions, throw them in the chat. Uh, we collected some questions before we started so we'll kind of sprinkle those in um and we'll do that we'll do that from now on um i guess we'll introduce ourselves in case people don't know who we are um i'm jessica peters i am rachel sandage and i am heather allen and we are awesome not yep we are find the path we're awesome (laughs) so yeah um let's talk about this gigantic what is it 500 million page yeah, that sounds Six, about right. 638 <laughs> pages, I think, technically. It's very hefty. You could beat a robber down with it if they came into your home. Yeah, because isn't it? It's longer than the original Coral book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by um, a good margin, uh, I yep. believe. I mean, I haven't count. I haven't looked at the page count of the first edition one in like, I don't know, six years, but <laughs> I think it is. Um, but yeah, so essentially, let's just kind of, we're going to kind of hop through some chapters, do some high-level thoughts, what we think, what we like, uh, answer some of the questions we've previously gathered. Um, and I guess we'll start where many books start, in the introduction. Oh, we're not going to yep. start with the appendix? <laughs> I mean, we could. It's long. <laughs> it uses a nice font size, you know. <laughs> it's readable. Nice, yeah, nice font size. That's where we want to go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, let's critique the... Uh, oh, man, there's a word. Oh, what is that word? It's not typography. There's like some weird word that's about like the yeah. uh, coronation. The... Oh. Ah, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Even, I'm, like, yeah. I know it. It's it's there, but I don't know where. Like for serif <laughs> fonts, the little like uh, flat parts on the letters yeah. or whatever. There's a name Sans for that. Sans versus... I think corning is also a word. Whatever. Why are we talking corning. about this? I don't, I don't, I don't I sidetracked everyone okay. like I always do. So introduction. <laughs> yes. So uh, This is mostly else? organization, right? Oh, yep. yeah. Table of contents. Ooh. What was it? This is why we don't get left alone. I was going to say, one of our lit professors in college um, actually told us it's like uh, the introduction should be the most important part of whatever you write because most people are never going to read past. (laughs) That's pretty on point. And this introduction does literally include like, what is this game? Uh, How do you make a character? How you play this game? What are these weird words you're using? <laughs> like, if you read just the introduction, you could probably buy. Yeah, it even has. Uh, is it like page twenty something? Page twenty two has like all of the ancestries and all of the classes, so you could kind of yeah. do it. I mean, you could wing it. Yeah, maybe if you had some like background in in D anD D or some or or one E, maybe you could you could figure it, it out. Tells you about the dice. Dice are very important. I mean, it it did take a while for me to figure out, um, you know, what D four meant. Like when I first started playing, and people would say that, I'd be like, 
What? Defour? What? <laughs> Defour. <laughs> yes. You know, it's true. Now, granted, that um, was a long time ago, guys. I know what it is now. <laughs> if you didn't know what it was now, I think we would be in uh, the wrong business. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I should never be allowed to do this if that was the case. It's true. <laughs> Well, I'm going to talk about the table of contents because I remember the playtest book was organized really weirdly. I think yeah. I gave a lot of feedback about the organization of the playtest book. I actually that's... think the final product is actually organized fairly well. I think it's much easier to navigate yeah. than first edition oh, score yeah. rulebook was. I think things I'm... are laid out in a much smoother way. There's still a few things that I would have changed, but... Yeah, there's one thing that I would have changed. <laughs> I would have put... Crafting and treasure next to equipment and skills. Yes. Or I would have taken all of the magic items with prices next to them and put them in equipment. Yeah. Because I still, to this day, if I'm looking at this physical book trying to find my magical stuff and things, like my talismans or whatever, I want to look at equipment. And yeah. then I'm like, yeah. wait, it's in treasure. Yeah, they've always kept the magic stuff separated from the base stuff they've done that in all the books mm. i just I wish those two chapters then were next to each other rather than separated by however many uh, in between stuff you i like know. the whole thing basically. <laughs> like the whole thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i will say though as far as just moving from like 1e to 2e i i like the addition of the 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 side column Oh yes, because they yeah. didn't have that in in one e, and I and I mm. love that because sometimes when you're just flipping through, and I'm like, oh crap, what section am I in? <laughs> and I know that's a little thing, but I I do love that, and they did that in the Starfinder uh, rulebook too, and I loved mm -hmm. that. It, it's like they pulled it from what was it, the strategy guide or something mm -hmm. in first edition? Yeah, I think so. It is nice. I mean, the layouts are great. I I think that they've done a better job at making, um. Making it less like reading a foreign language and more like reading a guidebook. It, yeah, it's yeah. very accessible, I think, for mm -hmm. new people. I was glad they brought back the tables, though, because that was one of my things when I was making characters in the beta test. And I, I liked having, you know, like, here's your character, here are your saves, here is everything. And so they, mm. they added back some of the tables. They're different tables, but they're... I'm very visual, and so that really helps me with the character creation yeah, process. Yeah, the step-by-step -step process of building yeah. a character is amazing. Like, yeah. I don't think that was as clear in the playtest. Mm -hmm. So to have four or five pages or whatever it is of, this is what you do, it makes yeah. it a whole lot easier to make yeah. characters. It's still going to take me a bit before I can do it in my sleep like I could for 1E characters, but yeah. that breakdown is real nice. Well, and I, I really like the symbols that they've used. Like, yeah. I think that having a symbology, is it makes it a lot easier to figure out, A, like, what can I do in my turn? Yeah. Um, but B, you don't have to kind of read through the text to see if it says swift or free or reaction yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, you know, literally there's just, there's a, there's a little triangle thingy, a rhombus, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I rolled that R. This I, is why don't we know. don't get to be by ourselves. <laughs> hey, we are fun. Somewhere Rick is shaking his head like, oh, oh my God, like, we left them alone. He shakes his head at me on a daily basis, so I'm used to it. This is like girls <laughs> night out, me. except... <laughs> With a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, that probably would have been my night out when I was growing up. Because I was that person who was like, hey, let's meet at Borders. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going to focus. We're not going to get that off off uh, stream. No. Off topic? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Anybody want to say anything else about the introduction? I mean, it's got nice art. Always. I, mean, I, I know a lot of people like to skip the introduction. But honestly, if you're new to second edition... 
read through the introduction. Yeah, it really does lay out everything in a way that's easy to understand. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it um, gives you a short rundown so that you're, you're not flipping through. Because I think each section, once you get to like chapter two, has like 10 pages per like class or maybe that's chapter three that's chapter three but like for 10 pages like per class and it's like well or you could just look at the introduction real quick get just a quick overview and be like oh okay i want to play sorcerer and then you can go to the sorcerer yeah yeah i would not recommend just sitting down and reading 638 pages straight through like a chapter book like you're no one's gonna absorb the rules like that you're gonna have to come back just read what you need to read Mm because you're gonna learn the rules by play Yep. Yes. We'll get there's a question about that. We'll talk more about it in a bit. Okay. Um, let's move on to ancestries, which yes. we have the terrible habit of still calling races. But yeah. it's definitely it's, ancestries. It's, we're we're breaking mean, that habit. It's just you know when you've done it for so long. Yeah, I've only got 20 years of that hammered into my brain. <laughs> but I do so. I do like that it's called oh, ancestries yeah. uh, because it, I, I think it makes more sense. Yeah, because you know, yeah. when, when you're talking to people in in real life, you you know you're you're not just looking at what's your race. You know, you'd be like, "Hey, where where's your family from? What's your ancestry?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, "Well, heck, I'm German way back in the day." You know, it's like that's <laughs> I'm German. <laughs> that's an American <laughs> thing, though. Like that's a yeah. thing that Americans do. I know it's kind of a weird thing. You know, yeah. it's like we we hear an accent, and we're like, "Where are you from? You can't be from here." And it's like, "Well, maybe uh, they maybe they are." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Obviously, you know, some classic ancestries in here. The the new one, new for core rulebook anyway, is the goblin, which I haven't actually played a goblin in second edition yet. I so. haven't either. I've only ever played in the um, first E or first E uh, in one E whenever <laughs> we're doing the um, the specials. Yeah, oh, weeby goblins. Weeby goblins. Yeah. Weeby goblins. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they chose goblins. They're kind of Paizo's mascot monster. But yeah. I am still on the fence of whether or not that should have been in the core rulebook. Yeah. yeah. Which brings but. us to a great question from Tilted Axis on our uh, Discord. What additional races should have... They said races. See, that's a first edition thing. <laughs> yeah. Should have been included in the core rulebook. I say orc. I also say orc. Mostly because you have half orcs in there. And- yeah, like that that makes sense to me. I was like, if you're going to have a half elf and an elf, I feel like you should have a half orc it's, and yeah, an orc. The, but they said the- races, so it could be more than just that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a valid point because half elves can choose from elf and human heritage and ancestry feats. And half orcs can choose from human and orc, but there are no orc ones in the core rulebook because... The ancestry is not there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, There's it just like some extra little baby ones. ones. So it would have made, I think, more sense to do the orc yeah. in the core rulebook. I, I could have almost seen Tieflings, too. Mm. Just because. And yes, we know that people say Tiefling, but I like how Tiefling sounds. Like. I, yeah, tiefling I, I sounds just weird to me. I always pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> tiefling makes me think of tea, like somebody is like a tea <laughs> brand. It's, like, it's sweet sounding. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've always just said Tiefling just because I, I kind of look at it phonetically and I'm probably, <laughs> I'm not great at phonetics. So don't feel like quote me on that, but uh, that's just how I say it. It's like me with the, the draw drow argument. I never had an opinion on it because I was, I said it different ways every single time I brought time. it up because I was like, mm. I have no idea. So. The drow would have been an interesting like heritage for elves instead of making them a separate race. Yeah. Kind of like you could have taken Dwerger and made them a, a heritage of Have they dwarf. even, I know they're oh, probably in the Monsters Manual, but have they talked about being able to play Drow and Dugar and stuff in second edition yet? I don't I think so. I don't think so. Not oh, yet. Interesting. That would, I, have, I 
just thought of it. But that would be kind of a cool way to go with it because, I mean, aren't drow just elves that were in the Darklands for a long, long time? Uh, I yeah. think in the Pathfinder mythos, yeah. I mean, I there's don't know. Some, there's of- some curses and demon princes and stuff like that sure, involved. Sure, sure, sure. Of course, yeah. of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I mean, I guess speaking of heritages, I think it's kind of cool. Like, yeah. I don't think that was in the playtest, right? It, there were just races and then there were ra- the races. There were just the ancestries. ancestries and ancestry feats and they added yeah. the heritages. I think they, yeah, I remember because I don't remember getting yeah, a whole lot of the I heritages. I don't remember having, I think it was just an ancestry feat. But you know, mm-hmm. I really like how they did half elf and half orc, and I really think it has a lot of potential about how they've already done Asmars and Tiflings in uh God, what is the name of that book that they're in? Anyway, <laughs> my, I just had a total blank. Um, but that also has a lot of other potential for other half races eventually, like half or half ancestries, like you know, maybe eventually we'll get half dragons and things like yes, that. Yes, that'd, that'd be so be cool. fun. So, be the dragonborn. There are <laughs> dragonborn. They're just not on Galarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as far so, as the heritages go, I, I, I like them. Like at first I found them a bit strange to have like the ancestry and then the heritage. But then I was mm-hmm. like, as more as I was thinking about it, I was like, you are part of two worlds. And so you would kind of develop your own culture and other people that are half would also understand that. But again, you're that you're removed. And so I was like, yeah, it would make sense to have that heritage that's different. Hmm. And I like the heritage feats just in general, even for like dwarves and elves and everything. And it's the ancestry feats and the heritage is the heritage is you have a lot of growth that that you could do as the game continues on. They could do a lot of things with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I like it's a little bit like in first edition they had kind of alternate race traits and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's a little yeah. bit like buffing those up and yeah. giving you one for free, yeah. which is cool. But instead of having to say, "Well, I'm losing my you know plus two to you know overcome you know spell resistance as an elf for this," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like that. So. Which is pretty neat. It's the more only heritage. Okay, I might be saying something that no one will agree with me on, <laughs> which is fine. And I've played humans. I think humans are interesting. They can be interesting. I think that human heritage feats, just the human ones, are so boring. Like, you're either a half elf or a half orc, which is a whole different thing, or you get an extra skill or an extra feat. Like, those are yeah. great things mechanically to get, but, like, the flavor is just not there. Yeah. I feel like it's almost a throwback to first edition where you could yeah. get an extra skill point or hit point per level and here's an extra feat just because you're human. Yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. they kind of expand on that as more books come out for the second edition line. Yeah. Maybe and they we'll may see have, more stuff. I mean, obviously the advanced player's oh, guide is guide. out and mm-hmm. there's more stuff that might be out there, but we're just talking about the cool rulebook rule book. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, man. Okay. Um, and then I guess that moves into backgrounds. I am a huge fan of the backgrounds. Yeah, because I really like the background system. It, it's it it just really, especially for me, because the character creation process is is my is probably my favorite part when you you know are getting ready to play the game. And I felt like sometimes in one e, I would have this great idea for this uh, character concept, but then it's like now I'm a first level character, and everything my character has done makes no sense. And so I feel like the the background skills kind of helped bolster it a little bit to where it's like, okay, now I can have these really interesting fleshed out characters that, you know, 
it doesn't make sense or it, it it's not strange that there's still a level one character. You know, I don't know. It just I felt it developed who they were as people better. In my opinion. I don't know what y'all got. <laughs> I just like it. It's a good system. I mean, yeah, I just really like it. I, I like how uh, one of your stat bonus to your stat bonuses come from your background. And mm-hmm. it's cool that it gives you a basically a background feat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those. You can say in your background, you're a blacksmith, but if you were playing a fighter in 1E, you might not have had that extra skill point to put into craft. So you could say you're a blacksmith yeah. all day long, but not doesn't have matter. the, yeah, but that's, the skill doesn't that's represent what I meant. it. Yeah, and so you now articulated like, it much better, Heather. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so now it's one of those, okay, so I took this trait and now I have the craft. I have a crafting, I get a, I'm trained in crafting for blacksmithing yeah. or something because that's what my background is. So I think it... Like Rachel was saying, I think it makes the character seem more realistic from what you have yeah. written as on their background to what they are on their character sheet. Yeah, and I really like that like the APs will have them like have backgrounds for you to choose from that are actually going to come into play in the AP. Like, yeah. There's a lot of really neat things that you can do with backgrounds. It's essentially just like a bigger trait, right? Instead of picking yeah. two or three traits, you get one background. Well, it's, it feels I, I like they kind of cool. combined stuff too, where yeah. you got multiple things, and so it. I mean, you traits, didn't need a bunch of traits. Traits were traits were nice, but they, you know, eventually that plus one to will say versus fear is not going to really be that helpful. While it well, seems like the background feats and, of course, your stat bonuses, those are going to be helpful for a lot longer. Yeah, so it's like I think they so. combined instead of picking two or three little things. It's now you've got your background, and it's actually really useful. Yeah. So that's true. Is there anything else in this chapter we want to talk about? I mean, we're not really looking specifically at any of these things. things. I there's so much in this book that we would yeah. take forever. I, we could do literally do one of these on like each chapter. chapter. <laughs> so we're yes. just hitting the highlights. Coasting, yeah. <laughs> I will say I mean, like I liked playing an herbalist. I like that you get a feat. I think it's cool. Um and I mean, we talked a little bit about humans and half elves and stuff. So, like, if you have any specific questions about any of the stuff that we you want us to go more in depth on, you can always put them in the chat, uh, yeah. dear listeners. I will say, dear I, I would like to know what everybody's like favorite ancestry right now is going. I mean, I everybody knows my love of halflings. Mm, I will. My favorite, favorite ancestry is always going to be elf. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's been my favorite since. <laughs> it's been my favorite since AD and D. It's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> my know? favorite ancestry is human with the half orc heritage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cute little side story. Um, because Rick knows how much I love halflings. One of the first presents he ever bought me was a one-e book on halflings. <laughs> The Halflings of Galarian book. Yeah, oh my god, he I love me that. It. <laughs> oh that my is gosh. so cute. That's yep. cute. <laughs> yep. All right. He knows I love my halflings. Hey, next up is classes. Yay, so classes. So many changes to classes. Oh A lot of questions about classes, too. Do we just want to go yeah. through the questions? Yeah. Uh, I want to start with like two things regarding spellcasting. First of all, bards are full spellcasters now. I think that's a great decision. I mean, come on. They're lovers, not fighters. (laughs) I know. It's super (laughs) cool. I think that it's... I mean, 5e has bards be full spellcasters. So I wonder if there was something... Kind of influencing it. Yeah, maybe. But 
I like the occult list. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, it gets the occult list in there, which is cool. We'll talk more about spells later. Um, yep. But on the opposite end, rangers don't have spells as See, written in the core rulebook. That's weird to me. I always used my ranger spells to buff my animal companion. So I would take things like mm. magic fang and, you know, and then my healing spells would be for the animal companion. So it didn't tax on the cleric. So rangers without spells is just strange to me. I always memorized the buff spells. So they weren't yeah. like combat spells, but I wonder if they'll do an archetype or something eventually that yeah. gives rangers back their spell casting. I think they did yeah. the RPG. They're focus spells. I'm yeah. I'm the opposite where my rangers usually didn't have an animal companion. So I constantly forgot I even had spells. And like it would be like once in a blue moon it'd be like, oh, I can cure light wounds myself. <laughs> I you know? think when I played when I played the ranger that I played in Rise of the Rune Lords, he cast spells like five or six times. And most of the time it was like named bullet for the investigator that had a gun. Yeah. But like Sagira not having spells, I didn't miss at all. Um, so I'm actually pretty okay. I like the idea of adding them back in as focus spells in the APG. But I actually think rangers rangers work pretty well without spells. Oh, They're no, I think yeah. they work well without spells too. It's just, it's kind of a, it's one of those things that's going to take a little bit to mm. get used, get to, used yeah. to. Well, there's also the champions don't have to be lawful good lawful anymore, anymore, which I think is rad. Yeah. yeah. I think there is a place for the lawful good paladin still, of course, in second sure. edition. Yeah. But it's cool that you can, you know, uh, be a chaotic good champion and things like that now too. Well, and I think that makes sense. You know, I, I this is going to be a really obscure reference, but it always makes me think of... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be real obscure. Oh, um, gosh. So I used to read this uh, this manga called Sayuki. Oh, I know Sayuki. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So, well, yeah, but not everybody knows it. And it, it's still one of my hands-down favorites, even though I never actually finished the story, which makes me sad. But the, one of the main characters is he's a monk who's, you know, they're supposed to be these, like, lawful good. And it's like, oh, no, this character is not lawful good. Chaotic at best. And I'm like, but it still worked for his character. And I was like, and I feel like that opens up a lot of doors for uh, character, you know, development that you can do in in Pathfinder, you know, it's like people aren't perfect. They don't always have to be lawful good to be doing good things. I think I just have a weird issue with the law occasionally because I feel <laughs> like the good part's so much more important for what I think yeah. of as a paladin, like a traditional paladin. The good part is so much more important than the law part. Yeah. But I mean, I think they might have even added in like evil paladins. So like in the APG, I think there are like Oh, did they bring back, the, bring back the black guards? <laughs> and like the anti-paladins and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. We're focusing on this oh, book. This That's book. what we're Yeah, this book. <laughs> this book. This, this book. book. This book. Um, let's see. Looking at it. Uh, one of the questions. I'm okay. going to skip around in these. Let's do. All right. Ben from the Discord asks, instead of the alchemist, what other class would you put forward as the new core class? Right, Jess, you have to go first on this because I, you're so excited about this one. It's one of your I would have put the Oracle in. Yeah. I know why they put the Alchemist in, because they really needed to hammer out how alchemy and crafting was going to work. Mm -hmm. But I would have put the Oracle because you have the Sorcerer and the Wizard, although they changed the Sorcerer so much that that's not exactly how, it, like, it's not quite arcane all the time. But no. then you have the Cleric, and it would have been nice to have had the Oracle spontaneous version. These are mm -hmm. my thoughts. Also, I love Oracles, so that's a thing. Uh, mine's just because uh, I love witches uh, in everything. 
And I would like to see a witch in the core. Witches are cool. <laughs> I love witches. I would actually choose something like the Magus because you've mm. got your fighters and you've got your wizards. And it, I think it would be nice to have something that's a blend of both in the core yeah. rulebook. I can see that one. So, you know, sure. it's where it's one of those. I want to do a bit of both. I mean, it's easier to multi-class now, but I really think that the Magus could have been a good choice for this, the core rulebook. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about that yet. Um, I like the Magus. I think that would have been cool. You know what else would have been interesting? Um, the Gunslinger. Oh, because that's, yeah. that's a mechanic, right? That's a weird mechanic that could have been in the core rulebook. I, I haven't played a Gunslinger, but I did play an investigator with a gun, and that was pretty fun. I liked my Gunslinger when I played her in the Wild mm. West. Of the the Manaways. Manaways. Anyway. I love the Manaways. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's, I mean, Heather brought it up. So let's talk about the archetype system um, m- instead of multi-classing. Essentially, you just take a dedication. I think I, it's much more manageable. I think mm. it makes more sense. Like, it it feels more organic than, oh, I'm three levels of this and three levels of that. It's like, well, no, you're, you're choosing kind of a pathway. Well, trying to figure out your, like, what's my base attack and what are my yeah. saves? And, like, that stuff can get real convoluted, especially mm-hmm. if you are new. Yeah. This way, you really just have to look at your dedication that you want to go into and make sure that you're going to qualify because yeah. I built Clove without a wisdom high enough to qualify for the Druid ar- dedication. So Clove can't take it. <laughs> and that's my beat. Clove's going to have to do some retraining. I just, uh, it's fine. Well, She'll just be a barbarian. And I like the fact that you can, it's one of those, okay, so you take the rogue dedication and now you can take that one or two rogue feats you want, but you're yeah. still mostly a fighter. Yeah. Instead of going, well, I kind of want sneak attack and some extra skills, but now my base attack's going to be lower and all of that shenanigans from 1E. Yeah, it's it's nice. And I really like that they've put, um, I wonder if they're in the core. Let me look at them real quick before I start talking, because I think (laughs) that they put... I think they put more than just, you could be a fighter as an archetype. I think they put like a couple of other things... I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Wouldn't be the first time in my life I was wrong. Well, we're reviewing through. <laughs> we're reviewing this book after we flipped through other books, so it's one of those. I think I'm wrong, um, like on, entirely on our, and 100. percent While wrong. you're still looking, though, I will say this is something that I I did enjoy that they put in this chapter um, was the like samples. Mm. Oh yeah, um, especially for newer players, I think yes. that's a really good like almost template. Yeah, that they can build off of. Um, yeah. I would probably have definitely used one of those when I first started if, if I'd been given something like that because I would have looked sure. at the art and been like, yeah. And, and I works. really like the three choices every class gets. Like the rogues have their mm-hmm. rackets and everything. So mm-hmm. it's one of those, you're a rogue, but you can have three rogues in the party that could do completely different yes. things because yeah. somebody's a thief and somebody's, yeah. I can't remember the other two. The off bruiser, the I think. Yeah, yeah. The versatility so, is awesome. So it's one of those, the classes aren't so much the same anymore. I yeah. will say I was incorrect. It's only classes in the core rulebook. They start adding the other dedications in like APG G- and stuff. Oh, okay. Although I did find uh, probably my favorite piece of art in this whole thing. Let's see if I can uh, put it up here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that face is amazing. <laughs> That'd be me so. if I was a... That is a that's a druid with a barbarian dedication. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, I love that very much. Uh, Let's see. We have more questions. Yes, we do. Um, Okay, here's an interesting, tricky question from Dizzy Dwarf. 
Oh, How gosh. do you all feel about the current caster versus martial balance in PF2? I'm not going to lie. I don't think I have enough experience with it yet because I've only ever, I've only played martial characters so far in 2E. I, I think after going through Darkmoon Vale, I feel like the casters are more useful at lower levels because it used to be, okay, I burned through my two magic missiles today and, and now I'm going to ray of frost for a D3 damage the rest yeah, of the day. That's true. And now they have these cantrips that level up with them and are actually do like useful things. Yeah. So I, I feel like everybody's more on an even Kier starting off instead of martial characters are really strong until the wizard gets fireball, you know? Yeah, that's, so. that's true. I, that's yeah. very true. I also think, um, I mean, I play a lot of society in our Discord and I have a, I have four or five different characters of different classes now and they feel pretty balanced as long as you know how to take advantage of all of your abilities and actions. Mm-hmm. Um there's always a spell that you can cast no matter what tradition you're using uh, that's going to do something. Um, the only thing I was really concerned after the playtest with casters because oh, yeah. they, yeah. we'll talk more about it in spells, but they did a lot, they did a number on some spells. Yeah, and there's some things that are a little bit different. There's, uh, it doesn't feel like you get quite as powerful quite as fast as a caster, but you start a little more powerful. Yeah. So I think the I think the balance is there. Now, whether or not you're looking for balance, that's the other question. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Okay. Curious what other people think about this. Yeah, me too. What's All it? right. Anything else in classes? I mean, obviously, ooh, favorite classes in the core rule book. Anybody? Favorite? Uh I I Bard, rogue, sorcerer. Oh, three. Ooh, we get to yeah. pick three, Rachel. We get to pick three. Uh, druid, ranger, barbarian. <laughs> druid, ranger. Um, barbarian was fun. Okay. Uh, fighter, obviously. I love my okay. fighters. Um, probably sorcerer, because I, I don't really do prepared casters. I like my spontaneous casters. Um and I'm I'm gonna go with rogue. I always like being the one that disables the traps and the rogues, the rogues the are deck. good. Yeah. Rogues so. are good. Also, all the now, the class feats and stuff are hilarious. Yeah, if we're going like advanced players guide, I'd have a different favorite, but yeah, we're not, me, we're yeah. not doing that. So, Mm-mm. oh, and I guess we should talk about animal companions and familiars because that's I like that it's not tucked underneath the druid or underneath the wizard. Yeah, because that drove me nuts trying to find those rules. Yeah. So those being on their own is cool. I, I look forward to actually trying one out because sometimes I, I would literally avoid characters that had familiars or animal companions because I didn't want to deal with the complicatedness sometimes. Shoot, I've been playing this so. game forever. And when I took improved uh, familiar for Masika, I still had to go to Rick and go, look, I cannot figure out the clockworks familiars just base bonuses to its skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. because So it's nice just to have it's so simplified even as they've added improved familiar in the APG it seems like it's still very this is what they do and there's none of that okay what what is the look bonus at this to this chart. look at this yeah. chart look at this yeah. chart here do math sometimes they add sometimes you take the highest one uh, yeah. get the conspiracy string going yeah, yeah none of that none of that <laughs> I like the animal companions too I think it's cool that they have support benefits like so that you can take them and even if you're not going to use them as you're like, let me buff the animal and send it in. They yeah. have things they can do to help you, which is cool. Yeah, you don't have to treat them like Pokemon. Yeah. 
You do have to give them, an, you have to spend an action to give them two actions, but you get three actions. So it's really, I play yeah. one of my main characters in society as a druid. And aside from the fact that her movement speed is 20 and her badger's movement speed is 20 because of <laughs> armor, that's annoying. Um, it's actually not that big of a deal. So it's it's pretty nice. Also, can we talk about the, the art? Of, Which art? Of, of the kitty with wigs. Okay. <laughs> Kitty with wings. Here we go. Is he in? Yes, yes, he's he's so cute. And I I just remember flipping through this and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's my Dexter. Oh my goodness gracious. Does Dexter have wings? It's been so long since I've been to your house. Sadly, no, but sometimes I think he thinks he does. Oh, unrelated to Dexter's wings. Can we talk about the fact that there is no dog animal companion in the core rule book? What? There's a wolf, but there's no dog. Interesting. How are you going to be a halfling without a dog that you ride around on? I mean, you can take a wolf. I can't be Sir Didymus anymore. Sorry, there's a (laughs) dromaeosaur, but there's not a dog. Interesting. I that that seems very strange to me. I guess they were like, "Oh, people will pick a wolf," and I was like, "Well, you could just take a wolf and say it's a dog, which is fine, but it's weird." Because yeah. I feel like the wolf gives you like trip and stuff, but I feel like the dog should give you like I don't know something else. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's very weird. Yeah, it's strange. Okay, now we can I guess move on unless there's anything else in classes we want to want to chat about. No, I uh, think. I think that's... I think we good. Yeah. Sweet. I guess we'll move on to a very exciting chapter called Skills. <laughs> Which they have streamlined yet again. Yes. They did that. Mm-hmm. Pathfinder did that from 3.5. And now they've done 1E and even slimmed it down in 2E. Which yeah. I think is a good decision. I appreciate it. Because when you play those, like, you only get a couple of, like... I guess they're not skill ranks anymore. But you only get a couple of skills to choose... At least, you know, if you take athletics, it's everything that's athletic. Yeah. Yeah. I This is a, a little thing about the book that I really enjoyed, though, just flipping through it. And this is this kind of accounts for all the chapters. But I, I noticed it when I first got to skills um, that they reference other areas in the book. Like, hey, if you're looking at like, for example, I'm looking here under the general skill actions, decipher writing, and it tells you, hey, go to page 234. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm, and they do a lot mm-hmm. of that throughout the book. Like, if you want to look at this specific thing and it kind of guides you a little bit better than the first edition book. Yeah. And I think they do a much better job of breaking down what the skills can do yeah. under each skill. Yes. Because there's a bunch of stuff that you can do in 1E once you get, like, 10 ranks and something. And that's never really explicitly explained anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it's very nice to have here, read about the skill. These are all the things you can do. Here's yeah. the actions you can take when take. you're trained versus not trained. Not trained. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty nice. I really um, specifically looking at some of the, the, I guess their activities that they've added underneath skills. The learn a spell activity is pretty interesting to me. Um, I haven't tested the theory, but according to how it's written and according to my reading comprehension, a bard who's a spontaneous spellcaster could study a book for an hour or talk to another bard for an hour and learn a new spell instead of being like, well, I'm a spontaneous caster. I only know X number of spells. You could like learn a new spell. And all you have to do have is like the skill check that you roll and you have to like pay the gold to learn the spell and stuff. But that's pretty cool. I think that makes 
sense, though. Like if you're traveling with, a you know, a party and there's like a wizard and a bard, you know, they have to have the same they, spell list. Oh, so okay. if there was a witch and a bard, a witch and a bard. OK, but I mean, that would make sense. Like if you both kind of drew your power from the same place, you know, it would make sense that somebody else could teach you how to do something. Yeah, I mean, which is cool because like. So those spontaneous spellcasters, the big issue that people have had with them for a long time is that they're not as versatile, right? Because you, you don't have a book, you don't get yeah. you don't get to prepare every day. But this is like one way if you wanted to spend the money and the time that you could maybe add a spell or two yeah. that you needed, which is cool. Unless I'm misreading really that, but you know what? Rick's not here right now, so I <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. He's in oh, the chat. Sure. I see him is in the he? chat. <laughs> I, I haven't mean- been corrected yet, so maybe I'm right. And if not, just tell your GM that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, find the path. Says do it this way. Oh, sorry. The first rule book is that the GM's always right. Mm. Yeah. The um, first rule. Yeah. Still yeah. the first rule. Well, the GM's not here right now, so it's us. <laughs> I GM sometimes. Yeah. But- sh- and Jessica is the resident GM here, so uh, we're going to default to... get wild. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the mana waste. Hold on. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and- and like I was I was kind of saying earlier, I think it's really much easier to manage your skills. And I think it's a lot easier for a specific character to shine in a specific skill that they're eventually mm-hmm. expert or, ma- you know, or master and legendary in when the rest of the party is not. Because, you know, you have some of the situations now where like a character is tra- has that as a class skill, but maybe their modifier is not as high. So the person that's not doesn't have as many ranks is still managing to get higher scores, even though it doesn't really make sense, you know? So I think this lets people really, you know, shine in their specific field of knowledge. Yeah. So I I will say I was that person that would always miscount when I was doing my skills. And so I kind of like that everything just is automatic. Be like, Hey, if you're good at this thing, you're going to continue being good at this thing. Yeah. Mm, The proficiencies are neat. I was going to talk about this with a question later, but I, I like that all of your skills get better with your level because it yeah. did suck to be like a 15th level whatever and you still have like a zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because so, it's yeah, like sometimes like my, you couldn't uh, you didn't have the skills to put in it and it was like but I feel like this would be something they'd be good but, at. Like I would be paladin, able to perceive. <laughs> my paladin yes. archer in uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne who only had her Two and oh. perception because of yeah. her elven, you know, heritage or her well, elven, shoot. you know, racial trait. Yeah, and my, like, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, uh, my sorceress from, uh, I think it was also, cr- no, carrying no, no, crown. Uh, carrying crown. Mm-hmm. And so we played it off because I bought, uh, the goggles of minute seeing or, or the eagle one. I can't remember. Oh man! And, and we just said, oh yeah, she needs glasses. Perception isn't even a skill anymore, y'all. I know. I know. I know. That's I like a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. I kind of like it. But like you it still too. get better with it as yes. you level up. But you can so. start as like an expert at expert. perception yeah. at first mm-hmm. level in some classes, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler. You want to know what I miss? Hmm. I miss taking 10. Oh, my God. Uh that you is, take a feat to take literal 10. But, but that's I'm, not helpful. But it's <laughs> not to take 10. It's to take 10 plus the modifier. You don't even get your proficiency. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm like, why? Why would I waste a feat on that? Anyway, I'm, moving I'm on. I'm sure <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the math it makes sense. And I'm not math minded. So I'm I'm just going to We're go calling that, out assurance but, right now. Assurance <laughs> is on the table. I think yeah. assurance is one of those feats that there's a feat you can take after you've taken assurance. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like that sometimes I'm like when you're when you're just doing something casual 
you know, that your character should be good at on a, on a normal daily basis, you should be able to just take 10. Well, and, <laughs> and aiding others is so hard at first level. Like at first level, you're not helping anybody because you have yeah. to roll a 25. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're just hoping and praying. So maybe when you're a like big strong adventurer, you can help the bejesus out of people. But yeah, when you go. are a first level and you want to work together on something, too bad. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good, good luck. luck. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, the way they reworked the medicine, or well, medicine heal yes. whatever with uh, treat wounds is rad. Yeah, because you can actually get around having a healer. You can take battle yeah. medic, and then you can do it as standard action. Standard action. <laughs> as an action see as it's an action but Ooh, it heals for like many. 2d8 that's legit it's, yeah that's um, pretty cool and the I, dc is only like 15 it's not a super high dc yeah well and also again it, it, it i think you mentioned this maybe earlier today or just when we've been talking where it it removes the need for that healer class like it I means mean, I still that, yeah. love my clerics. I still oh, love sure. my clerics. Don't get me wrong. But you know, if you did have a group, like everybody creates a character, and nobody thought to do one, you're not screwed like you normally would have been. Like, oh, <laughs> you we could don't literally have a play a barbarian <laughs> who takes battle medic, right? Yeah. Like, you can do the things that make no sense together, and it's fine. Or if you're the healer, you can also take that, and then you're just a healing machine. Yeah, which would be kind of cool. cool. A step right, on the battlefield, in, everyone's healed. Anything <laughs> else in skills? I feel like, you know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. in skills that's neat. I like that lore is also, like, profession. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like how skills work now. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like how skills work. Uh, we talked about aiding. Oh, thievery is a weird name for the thievery skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but I can't think of a better one. Yeah, because it's like disabled device and, uh, you know... Sleight, sleight of, of hand, hand and all that kind of stuff rolled into one. Yeah, so, so it's fine. Just be called sneaky. Okay, the next <laughs> chapter has also an amazing piece of art. I'm just going to show my book a lot. Oh, 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 oh hold oh. on. I'm coming. There we go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty cool. It's, it's uh, a monk punching a nightmare. That's awesome. So punching I just imagine it's Sudi punching a nightmare. <laughs> that's how he gets rid of his bad dreams. Uh, yeah that is how he gets rid of his bad dreams um but anyway so that brings us to the feats chapter that's where we're at oh my god so many feats many of your your favorites have been have been reworked to work into e Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then um a lot of them are skill feats now that uh unlock extra things that you can do with your skills but you have to be Mm -hmm. like an expert and some and things like that before you can uh, take some of them it feels a lot like the unlock system that was in Pathfinder Unchained in first yeah, edition. Yeah, it and does. like the Unchained Rogue got to unlock all these cool things. So it's like everybody can do that now, which yeah, is fun. I kind of like that. It makes your skills matter more. I think so. Yeah. Because I mean, skills always mattered, but it's like they really matter. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to pave the way for a lot of cool things in future books that they're doing mm-hmm. it this way. Yeah. I did when I was leveling up Celestine, I got a skill feat at that level and I was like, none of these are really calling out to me. So, but some of them for are really cool for things that I just, she didn't have, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So- the, the core rulebook has a little bit of that like... I mean, these are all fine. Like the druid in the core rulebook is fine, but it's missing some of the cool stuff it had before. This this is the foundation. Yeah. And, you know, they have to set that strong foundation here in the core rulebook to build upon. 
So I'm just I missing. Most- I'm missing my 10 years of extra content. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why don't I have 27 classes and like 600 pages of spells? <laughs> I was going to say, one of these days, Heather will get her spell compendium. Oh, my God. They're making, they're making spell decks. So, like, I know, I'm similar. That. I'm excited for that. Okay, 1E is done. Can Ooh. I have my freaking 1E spell compendium oh, now? That's true. 1E is done. 1E is technically done. Come on. Call Eric Mona up and yeah. be like, Mona, what, what's up? <laughs> we need it. We need I it. Am, I am really excited for the spell cards, but we're getting off, we're getting off track here. Yes, again. we are. Yeah. We are again. Um, Dang it. There are so many feats. There's yes. a ton of really cool things. The skill yeah. unlock like feats are really cool. Um, feats are where you're going to go to learn more languages in second edition, which yeah. is yep. my no. one was one of my big beefs with second edition. But That's we'll get on to that a later. Language monkey. Oh yeah, I am. I like languages, <laughs> man. You got to start with the high end, or else you're not getting a bunch yeah. of languages without a feat. I will say though that's another discussion, another discussion for another part of the book. <laughs> but I do think it makes sense to not is it? have I don't know. it. Like, just here, I'm just going to add a rank to linguistics because I'm like, come on, learning a language is actually really difficult. Stop. But this is a fantasy world, realism Rachel. to my fantasy setting, <laughs> okay, Rachel. You can't draw the line there. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the line. To you, the line is a dot. <laughs> Friends reference. Bam. 90s. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, there are some fun feats. So I really like dubious knowledge because you'll get something right and something wrong if you <laughs> fail, which is hilarious. Yeah, that, that is fun. That is fun. Um, I mean, and the names are fun. Cool stuff. Bizarre yeah. magic. That just sounds hilarious. I don't even know what that does. <laughs> Your uh, magic becomes more difficult to identify. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There, there's some cool stuff. I I can't wait to start playing around with two E a little bit more and and getting into the the different feats that you can take. Of course, I'm also the one that's guilty about not taking my feats. Although I will <laughs> say, additionally, um, some of the things that you used to be able to do for for free are feats now. Like being able to recognize a spell as it's being cast, you now have to have the feat to do that. Um, yeah. identifying things in a shorter amount of time you now have to have the feet to do that like yeah. some of that stuff is kind of annoying but there's some cool new ones that I that I like yeah oh yeah for sure for I sure. like that um, okay so this I, if people may know this or not but I you know I know sign language relatively I'm I'm out very out of practice but I like that they included sign language mm-hmm. um, in the newer stuff, you know, and it's, it wasn't just this weird afterthought. Like, it's like, no, it's mm-hmm. actually language. <laughs> oh, hey, a uh, hilarious question that's related to this chapter. So I'm going to ask it now. What's the best skill feat and why is it dubious knowledge? Automation ear, he knows what's up. But yep. feats are something we could, again, spend like hours and hours and hours talking about. So Okay, I but I have one more for Heather specifically. Oh, gosh. I it's, didn't do it. It wasn't me. You have yeah, to be legendary in intimidation. Mm-hmm. But it's called literally scare to death. <laughs> <laughs> you can I, scare them and they will die. <laughs> I I actually really like how they labeled each section. Like these are the society oh my ones. God, these I are need the feet yeah. immediately. <laughs> Let me read you this text. <clears throat> I need to go. Go. You can you can frighten foes so much they might die. <laughs> Attempt an intimidation deck, uh, an intimidation check against the will DC of a living creature within 30 feet of you that you sense or observe and who can sense or observe you. 
if the target can't hear you, they take a blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but if they fail. They just die. No, sorry. If you succeed, they become frightened. If you critically succeed, they die. Oh, my God. Like, so like, they have to make a fort save or die. So it's like me I, in high school. I need this feat immediately. <laughs> it's one action. <laughs> you can do it three times a turn. Just look at different guys and be like, die, die, die. They could just die. That's kind of hilarious. Amazing. Like That's what your bard takes. That's what your bard takes. You take it. You make it a bard. You crank up that charisma killer oh my bard. God. Oh man! I Ooh, love you just it play like so much. The ultimate mean girl. <laughs> <laughs> you chose those shoes with that outfit, and then they die. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> this look like Wednesday to you? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, anything else on feats? Oh my no, god! Do I think, like I said. Yeah, we all could right. talk about feats all day. Yeah, we, we could. could. So we could. let's but, get to our next favorite thing. I, everyone loves this, right? Equipment. Can we talk about how the bulk system is stupid and then just move on from there? <laughs> uh, the bulk system came out of Starfinder and it's weird. I, I can see why people I get why prefer they it and I, why I get it's used. Why, it's it's easier math, blah 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 blah. I know. I just, you have to know that L equals one tenth. One tenth. Yeah. yeah. And then you're dealing with fractions. Yeah. I was like, I don't need fractions up in there. I just, the heck? I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Like the only time you care about bulk is when you're trying not to fall like on a rickety bridge or something. But yeah. I feel like my characters are way more encumbered way sooner in second edition than yeah. they were in yeah. first. That's true. It's yeah. because like. The bulk doesn't necessarily correspond with how much a thing would weigh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's like, it weirds me out. Celestine has like a weapon and armor and her adventure kit. And she's like one step away from being encumbered. And you got to like, get a backpack and put everything in the backpack. Apparently, <laughs> Yeah. Which I'm so. like, wouldn't an adventure kit come with a backpack? It does. The adventure kit does come. Okay. With the adventure kit does it. Cause I thought there was one where it doesn't. And I was like, what the crap is this? I mean, unless I'm looking at the adventurer's kit wrong. I know it's probably me mixing it up with something else. <laughs> uh, it's possible. I do like using silver instead of gold because suddenly I, yeah. copper actually matters. And it's, it makes a lot more sense for, you know, people to average people that have silver pieces and only yeah. the rich people have gold. So it yeah. makes those like exp expensive, like magical items and everything. It's like here, you know, this is you know, half a million gold. It, you know, it makes those prices yeah. not seem so insane. Yeah. Well, yeah. and like, I look at a thing and it's seven gold and I'm like, oh, that's expensive. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's fun. It's, it's weird because you end up doing a lot of like, all right, I have 10 silver, so that's one gold. Cool. And so you do yeah. a lot of conversion, but yeah. I mean, it's metric essentially, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully. Uh, as weird as this is, I got used to that in Dragon Age because their games were a silver-based economy. Yeah. So, uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see. What else? Um, I like that the armor and weapons have kind of uh, cool traits and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I like, like that, that too. I can wear chainmail, but it's noisy. Like, yeah. that's yeah. cool. It, it kind of adds character to, like, yeah. what was typically always seen as, like, oh, well, I want the best, like, the cheapest, but the best armor bonus. So let me pick this thing. Yeah. So now there's, like, a reason outside of that to take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. I like that, too. And if you're strong enough, you can ignore your armor check penalty and Which you can reduce awesome. your speed. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like that now, a lot. 
it only is if you're strong enough. So sometimes you're still <laughs> dealing with that. But it is cool. Yeah. I guess that's because wizards can wear armor now. Yeah. Probably. Although but- I found that it's not worth it usually to be a wizard because you're not trained in it so you don't yeah. get the proficiency bonus but it's nice to have the option because it means you can still do take some a, stuff with it they could still take a feat i would imagine and be trained in it if yeah. you wanted to kind of make your own magus until yeah, i mean class probably eventually comes like out. like a bro wizard you know boof bro wizard a brizzard <laughs> a brizzard dog <laughs> my name's samuel and i do i do like that <laughs> class kits are in the core rulebook now because those were yeah. originally introduced in the, the ultimate, uh, equipment. ultimate equipment so it's cool that they're in there so you can just kind of grab and go. I hate but that they come with the weapon and armor, though. I, yeah. I, that bothers me, too, because I'm like, eh. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want. OK, yeah, I get that I'm playing a cleric, but I don't want a crossbow because I'm an elf. Yeah. yeah. So I end up just getting the adventurer's kit or yeah. adventurer's pack instead and then like building onto it. Yeah. I guess the other one is like if you're super new and you're overwhelmed by a list of items, you can just take this thing and like go. Yes, I understand the appeal, but I almost <laughs> wish there was like an option like here's here's the kit with that and here's the kit without. You mm. could do the math to subtract the price out, I'm sure, if you yeah. wanted to. But it'd be nice if they considered that like seasoned players versus regular because I think it would have taken I'm one like of two those seconds. weirdos that when I get all of my base stuff out of the way, I go through that those giant lists in the ultimate equipment and be like, ooh, this is a neat thing that my character yes. might have. I want so. chalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and now they have like talismans and things, which mm. we'll talk about when we get to that chapter because for some reason that's not equipment, even though you buy it for your equipping your character but whatever um so there's tons of weird little stuff to buy yep yep i mean those are expensive i guess mostly <laughs> all right anyway are we uh, also in the so you can buy dogs and horses and things but you can't buy a cat and that's a, a real <sighs> misstep what? well let's be yeah, honest there's no though, cats in the animal section cats refuse to be bought i want it <laughs> i wanted a kitty for something i don't remember what i was doing <laughs> oh for a character I built recently, I wanted her to have a guard cat, like a kitty that like was a little bit like Ezio, who would like keep watch over the house while she was gone. Yep. No kitties. Can't have. So he's, for those of you who don't know, Ezio is, is Rick and Rachel's cat. He, he's, not the assassin. He is my son. He is my baby. Ezio Anatole. I mean, his full name is Ezio Anatole. <laughs> I want that assassin in here guarding my stuff in a cat yes. body. That's what I want. Yes. How much but, is that? I don't know. But Ezio got his name for a very good assassiny reason. So. Yes. <laughs> yep. So anyway, that's kind of what I'm what I, where I'm at. Oh, critical specialization effects on weapons are also cool. Yeah, yep. Um, because you can be like, I'm really good with this thing, and so for that reason, it'll do this extra cool thing when I critical, which is often. Have we talked Are, about Critical King yet? Oh, I guess no. that's probably in playing the game. We, God, we, this book we, really got we, we got a lot. <laughs> we might need to just start we answering questions pick, yeah, as we go. We need to pick it up. <laughs> All right, we're going. We're going. Okay, spells. 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 I love uh, the new division. I yes. love that it's not like based on new, class. I like the new four list thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like sorcerers a lot in second edition, but I kind of wish that you got a couple of options per bloodline instead of just one option per bloodline. Mm. Yeah, it's the same with oracles and APG. Yeah. Yeah. 
So not oracles, witches, because it's one of those. Maybe I want to be descended from, you know, a devilish bloodline, but I, I don't want to be divine. Maybe I want to sling some arcane spells. Yeah. So I wish I kind of wish every bloodline had like two lists to choose from. Mm. That'd be kind of cool. But on the whole, I really like the four different lists and I love the uh, the occult and the primal lists. Yes. Although. The primal list is missing some of the like really weird druid spells that were like uh like swarm body where you can just turn yourself into a collection of swarms oh. and like give it a little bit. I'm yeah. sure you'll yeah, get those. I, say, I know. I just come. want my weird spells that I use to disturb GMs. <laughs> <laughs> that is like you're gonna do just what? Entire life. <laughs> I've turned into a mound of fire ants and I will crawl into their armor and like. <laughs> And like I mentioned earlier, I like the fact that cantrips are actually like freaking useful yes. now and yeah. will level with your character. Mm-hmm. So oh. Yes, I love that there yes. are spells with more powerful variants. So it's not like, oh, I just forget my early spells once I get fireball, you know. Well, and your spell attack is actually like there. There's a number. You don't have yeah. to like figure it out yourself. And your yeah. spell DC is just one DC by your level not by yep. each level of the spell. So your first level spell is going to matter even yes. if you're yeah. 20th level. Which I really like. Which is nice. Really like. So this is the part where we complain about spells because a lot of the buff and utility spells got their durations just like chopped. Yeah. Yep. To get the better duration, you have to memorize it in a higher slot, which but is some really you can't. annoying. Yeah. Heroism is 10 minutes now and you cannot heighten it. I looked specifically yeah. to make sure that I wasn't wrong about that. Yeah. Air bubble is one minute instead of a minute per level. So, like, I guess if and you see, want one minute, that's one of the things we really ran into in the playtest was when yeah. we wanted to explore a lake and we literally could not figure out how because yeah. I was like, I guess we're not. Yeah. So yeah. they they ex- they kind of made it easier to understand in the finalized core rulebook, but I'm still kind of bummed that yeah, like it's I- not it's not one of those where okay so. We need to explore underwater. And so water breathing, you know, communal is like an hour per level and I can split it up between the party evenly. Let's go. We got like mm-hmm. three hours a piece. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm just thinking about certain <laughs> adventure paths where there were those spells were like, you weren't making it through that book if you didn't have that no. spell. Yeah. But like heroism being 10 minutes. Well, you better not ever want to stop and treat wounds. You better not need to refocus for uh, yeah. one of your focus points yeah. back. Like. Anyway, yeah. I have issues with, and those aren't even like that. Like, I don't even talk about fireball. Fireball's fine. Like, big yeah. boom spells, it's the, those it's are the fine. utilities. Yeah. No. So, those are kind of sad to me. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and the focus spells are cool. There's a bunch of them, they do a lot of cool stuff. All right. Anything else? <laughs> I'm going to kind of like focus shove us spells along. are neat. That's what I, yeah. that's what I think. I agree. <laughs> I mean, overall, spells are good. Utility needs some work. Yeah. They just need longer durations or a way to make them longer without. Yeah. You know what? I bet there's a, a feat that gives you like extend or something that makes your stuff last longer. But yeah. like, that's lame. They should just be longer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next chapter is the chapter about the setting, which I think is very cool. Because I didn't read it because we're playing through Tyrant's Grasp and yeah. I know... We all know the tyrant is back. I mean, that cat's out of bag. But I don't don't want to delve. Yeah. And I don't want to delve too much into it and get stuff for APs that we are playing for the podcast spoiled because I want my reactions to those things to be genuine in the moment (laughs) and genuine. So I I haven't really perused that section very much besides like kind of 
kind of double checking on my deities, but other than that, you know. I looked at a map of the inner sea and got a spoiler for Tyrant's Grasp, and I was like, what the damn it? Yeah, so see, I've kind of been... <laughs> I've been I've been trying to kind of avoid that stuff, which sucks yeah. because, you know, I really want to know how they've updated everything. But I'm yeah. also like, spoilers can't. I know. Yeah, that, I'm in the same Spoilers boat. for everything. Um, I, I mean, while we're talking about the tyrant, I'm a little grumpy that he's back because like, why didn't you just think of a cool new bad guy? Why you got to release an old bad guy, right? You could have yeah. done a cool new guy and then we wouldn't have to deal with spoilers. That is true, but... Oh, yeah. well, too late now. They decided that they had wasted him by putting him in a tower. Well, that's on them, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're still getting some really cool stories and stuff out of it. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay. Uh, but I mean, yeah. it's true. I mean, I like creepy things. This is fine. Um, All right. Let's, there's let's... also the, d- the deities and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully... <laughs> You didn't look at the deities? I, I didn't want to spoil things, so I skipped the whole section. Okay, well, the deity section doesn't really have... It's just like, here's Asmodeus, here's yeah, Desna, here's yeah. blah, blah. Also, they, you can they learn haven't about the changed much. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't, they, except they for haven't Asmodeus much. not allowing lawful neutral risk makes me sense. See, I actually kind of like that, oh. and not just for like Asmodeus, but also for like Ray, because it was always weird to have like... A chaotic, like a neutral follower of Serenray when she's all about good and redemption. I like it's everyone like, else. I just, it's yeah, just him. It's that just I'm one of those. About. See, I think it lends more towards role playing for it? that because you don't want to be like, oh, all of us are all about, you know, being awesome and good, except for Steve. He's just kind of eh. <laughs> He's you like, know, I mean, <laughs> so. who, got a, who got cast for Asmodeus? I'm curious. Uh, I, was it Jason Isaacs? I, I feel like it was Jason was Isaacs. Jason Isaacs? Yeah, that fits. But I think I'm salty because I like to play the Asmodean as like just really into contracts and like loopholes and stuff <laughs> and not so much into the slavery part. Well, I mean, yeah. you could still be, you could use exploiting loopholes for your evil gains that don't necessarily yeah. involve slavery. But then I have to be sure. evil and I'm not very good at that. Anyway. Anyway, okay, we'll skip on. We're carrying yes, on. I like that the the settings in there. It makes it nice for the us. The setting is fun. Galarian's great. We like right. it. <laughs> now we're in playing the game, which is where all the rules live, and we this have a lot Rick's of questions favorite here. Chapter. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't <laughs> I don't spend much time here. I will say this is a chapter I didn't even look at until I was preparing for this conversation. Yeah, yeah and um, I barely did. To be Rick, Rick, Rick teaches us the rules. <laughs> Google the specific thing I'm looking yeah, for. That's, yeah, that's me. I'm an archives of Nethys girl. And th- <laughs> mm-hmm. this doesn't just apply to Pathfinder. This applies to like other games and stuff. I can read a strategy or read a rule until you know my eyes are bleeding. But until I am sitting down and playing, it's not going to stick. Yeah. You so know? let's talk so- about bleeding eyes, which leads into <laughs> death and dying rules. Like- I, I like the death and dying rules. I think that's way more forgiving than, oh, somebody got a really big hit on you. Sorry. They are, but yeah. I also have, I've GM'd like three or four different games now where I have critically put someone on the ground and put them in dying too. <laughs> oh. And then like, or it'll be a monster that attacked them three times and like put them on the ground and then hit them again and they're dying three. And then they pop back up to wounded one and then they d- go down again to dying too like it's yo-yo-y i like that there's not negatives to deal with but i think the bigger issue with death and dying rules is the critical change the change to how criticals works makes it more mm. deadly yeah yeah 
because that plus 10, some monsters are going to hit you no matter what. And That's why we got more hit points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But critical hits, man, they're way more often. All right. Oh. Let's look at some questions. All right. Drofter says, what do you think of all the secret roles? From a player and GM perspective, um, how do players feel about having your GM roll a substantial amount of checks for you? How do your how do GMs find having to do a bunch of extra roles? How do you handle it in situations where you need to do it fast, etc.? Um, oh, I I like the secret roles mostly because like if a player gets a really good role or a really bad role, so and they know it. Sometimes that can lead to some metagamey role playing just because yeah. it's one of those. Well, I know I rolled a 19 and got a 30 something. So yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, and so it gets almost like into their They try to have their character manipulate the NPC into revealing stuff because yeah. they know. And so this way you get told what the DM tells you and you don't have any idea what the dice said. So you just got to. It, it, I think it leads to more natural role playing. I think yeah, is what I'm trying I, to say. I, I highly agree with that. Um, I like the idea of them. I think it does require some trust, trust in your GM and trust yes. in your players too. So there's kind of a, a give and take there because, you know, you gotta, you got to be like, okay, um, I'm going to allow them to roll the dice for me. And for more superstitious people who are like, don't touch my dice, um, that can be a well, little bit hard to, to let go. I know they don't dice. have to touch the dice, but it's still that like, I'm not rolling it. And so some people get really weird about that, which, but I think that's something you can get over. Um, I think there could have been maybe a better method already laid out in the book for how to go about them. I mean, we kind of came up with our own uh, method. Like we have our little chart where everybody well, we saves around there. Patreon, and it, we did share that on a, on a Patreon blog post. Tier. Yeah, um, where we kind of laid out how we made a chart of everybody's saves and it, it, it makes it a lot faster because then Ross, who was GMing for us, was able to just be like, oh, bam, 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 got it. Um, so yeah. it'd be kind of cool. Hey, Paizo, um, <laughs> we had this great idea. You could include it. <laughs> Pay us money? Um, I think <laughs> as a player, it's fine. It's a little weird because you're kind of giving over your agency to let yeah, somebody else I mean. roll and that's kind Trust. of, eh, but... As a GM, I find it obnoxious. Like, <laughs> oh, they need to make a perception check. Cool. Let me roll six different dice and know what they're checking. Like, even if I have a chart, let me yeah. then check all of them, see if they pass. Like, that is just too much math, man. Like, mm -hmm. I get that this is a game about math, but I find it <laughs> preferable to let the GM decide when it needs to be secret instead of every recall knowledge being secret, maybe only the ones that really matter are secret. That yeah. way it's like, if you're just trying to identify a leaf on a plant, like I well, don't care if you metagame that. What's rule number one? <laughs> the GM, GM makes, makes the rules. rules. So unless you you're playing society, but then if you're playing society, you have to follow all the rules. As yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. So anyway, that's, I think that, I think they're fun. I like the role play aspect, like Heather said, and Rachel said, but yeah, Oh, it's a lot to manage on top of all the <laughs> stuff that GM's are already managing. So I, I mean, maybe I totally, if they had a better, better method for it, I think it's a good idea, but yeah. Yeah. It's more just having to know, you have to know everybody's, um, yeah. you have to know everybody's bonus and you have to know if they're trained or not trained. And if yeah. they have any little weird feats, like dubious knowledge, then you have to keep that in mind. There's like a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So I think the idea was good. I think the execution is eh. But it could be something they improve on a little bit later. That's possible. And I'm sure everybody will come up with their own systems uh, for playing their own games. All right. I am the Senate. 
<laughs> says. Uh, how do you think players coming from 1E should adapt their tactics? Blah. How do you think <laughs> players coming from 1E should adapt their tactics to the new edition? In 1E, combat was mostly won during character creation. That is not so true in 2nd edition and can lead to some surprise players. For example, when they go toe-to-toe with a monster, full attack or full attack, uh, which is three attacks for three attacks in this case, um, like they would have in 1E and end up dead. I I feel like the three-action economy kind of balances it out yeah. because players now have more HP at those levels and they also have the three attacks to the three attacks. But it's just kind of remembering that you have the three-action economy and then you get used to it and then you go back to 1E and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, <laughs> Wait, what you do you know? mean I can't also do this other this, thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of also boils down to if you work well with who you're playing with, like know yeah. what everybody else can do and, yeah, you know, try not to get punched in the face, I guess. I don't know. That seems like a bad advice. You know, it's, <laughs> you know? it's a, this thing called a cooperative game. Cooperative game. Yeah. It's true. Although, I mean, I haven't really noticed, I guess I don't play that way either. Like I yeah. don't like just run in there by myself, but so. I think it's like Tui is more about figuring out how to take advantage of all your actions. Like you can move more. You can, your shield is an action. Now you can cast two spells in a round if you have the yeah. actions for it. It kind of feels a lot more it like, 1E, if you're playing a spellcaster, feels like a puzzle game, trying to pick the right things in the right yeah. moments. Now 2E feels like that for everyone because it's mm-hmm. all about like, do I move here? Do I move there? Do I pull this? Do I not pull this? Well, and you so know, it's, and it's cool. to use that, to use his example, the fighter runs up and smacks the monster three times and then the sm- monster smacks it him in the face three times. Hopefully he's got a cleric or somebody mm-hmm. to come and heal him. Battle so, medic. you know, yeah. Or so maybe s- he should have just swung twice and put I, a shield up. Yeah. But you know, so I think it just, you have to kind of, it is a little bit of a challenge to rewire your brain thinking with a three action economy. Yeah. But I think in the long run, once you get used to it, it's going to be a better system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this one kind of adds on to the idea, like, do you think that the three action, this is from Twist, do you think that the three action system makes combat too deadly now? And is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I think it's just you have to get used to it. And I, I have honestly found that the three action economy gives more versatility because you have more options of what you can do. Um, So I, I don't think so. Yeah, I actually almost feel like it's less deadly because yeah, monsters hit harder and there's more attacks, but Lower level characters have way more HP and I feel like my first level characters in second edition have way more options than my characters in 1E did. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel like it might be less deadly in the long run, especially at low yeah. levels. It's also death and dying is different. You don't have to track like if you get hit and you're like negative 13 and you have a 14 constitution in first level, there is very little chance that without a cleric or somebody coming over and healing mm-hmm. you before your next turn, that you're going to live. Yep. This way, aside from just having a real not nice GM who's like, ooh, you're on the ground, let me hit you some more. Yep. Yeah. Which is possible. Some people will play that way and those people are jerks. But um, you're usually going to be okay. Yeah. Like, even if you get critical and put on the ground with the critical, you're only at dying too. So you yeah. still have two more levels of dying and recovery checks are much easier to pass now. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Well, and your saves get better as you level up in this game, like much more quickly. It's not, you don't have the problem that you're going to have in 1E where my fighter, my 20th level fighter has a five will save. Yeah. You know? Mm, it's true. So, um, um, all right. So, oh man, we're getting there, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Humanesque asks, What's the one rule you expect people who come from 1E are most likely to get wrong? I know exactly what this is. <laughs> For me, the five foot freaking step. No. I, am, <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> I, all the time, I'm like, I'm going to five foot step over there. And, and then they're just like, you're going to take a move action. I'm going to five foot step over there. Sure, it's an action, but I'm going to five foot step. <laughs> yeah, five foot step. And that you have to raise your shield for it to actually count against mm. on your AC. Yeah. I'm not going to rant. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. No ranting. Heather has strong feelings about the shields. <laughs> I do have strong feelings about the shield. Rant later. Anyway. She'll okay. have a blog. It'll be her rant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then kind of a follow-up from Gamer Girl. What's the one rule you expect people coming from Starfinder are most likely to get wrong? I have a ne- I have not played Starfinder, um, so I don't know. Jess, I have <laughs> played much Starfinder, and in my Starfinding times, anyway. Um, uh, the first thing that I always get wrong is the names of the skills because they're all different names now. Yeah, it's like that's true. Culture yeah. instead of society, oh, and like God, yeah. medicine, I think might be the same in both, and so. That's not really a rule, but that's the thing that I still mess up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is actually Jordan brought up because I was like, hey, Jordan, what do you think the answer is? Because um, I was 40, like, oh. 42. 42 is 42. the answer. Obviously, always. Aside from that, though, um, in Starfinder, when you're kind of targeting and determining cover and stuff like that, you draw from the corner of your square, any of your corners to the corners of the opponent. In second edition, you use the center of your square. Mm. I don't think that's different from first edition, but if you had only played Starfinder and you were going into Pathfinder, that could be one of those small details that trips you up because yeah. it can change whether or not you have cover, whether or not you have line of effect, like some major things can depend on where you're drawing that line from. Yeah. Great. So that's what I've got. Mm. All right. Game mastering. Okay. I have, n- I mean... <laughs> I don't game master, so, you know. I don't game master, (laughs) but I want to say that I'm so happy that hero points are the norm because I think it encourages Mm. your players to be like, I'm going to do this cool, awesome thing. Give me hero points. Hero (laughs) points are so good. Like, hero points keep you from dying so much. Um, Okay. So, here's, I guess I'll just tell you some things I think about the game mastery section. Um, I think that... The encounters are very different in second edition. They're done by threat level for your whole encounter. So if you're going to build an encounter, Ross had to do this a lot. You pick, I want this to be kind of a, I want this to be a terrifyingly, horribly hard, like they have names, (laughs) but I don't remember them, uh, type of encounter. And then it tells you how much uh, kind of XP you'll budget for that threat level. And then you can use that XP budget to design all the things that are in the encounter. So it's, it's different than totaling up each of the monsters in the encounter. So that's kind of a different thing about GMing in, especially if you're building encounters. Um, there's cool. a lot of great information about terrain, rules, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the one thing I thought was interesting that I didn't realize is that there is there are now levels of difficult terrain. Hmm. So difficult uh, terrain. Oh boy. Yeah. Difficult <laughs> terrain is like an extra five foot for each five foot square or whatever. 
Now there's greater difficult terrain, which is even more severe than normal difficult terrain, and it costs an additional 10 feet of movement per square. I think that makes sense because it'd be like different than you like, you know, trying to make your way through deep sand versus trying to make your way through like jagged glass. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so. I just thought that was interesting. Apparently there is, I think there's a feed or something that can let you move through it like it's regular terrain. Yeah. There are always, there's, there's always there's a, feet, a feed usually. for something. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about game mastering. There's a whole book on game mastering and we'll make the boys talk about that one because <laughs> like... We had to talk about, I mean, this is a lovely book. It's a wonderful book, but we had to talk about this book. So they're going to talk about that. I was going to say, we still have a lot of questions to get to. I know. We're going. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> now, equipment part two slash crafting and treasure. It has wow. all of your crafting rules and all of the treasure slash magic items slash alchemical elixirs. Yes. Yeah. Because I have anything that's not yeah. mundane equipment, pretty much. Mm hmm. The crafting rules are great. I think it's really fun to yes. be able to make stuff. I yeah. like how they work. Mm -hmm. Gives you something to do in downtime, which is nice. I like that 2E has taken a step away from you have the big six magic items that you need mm -hmm. as an adventure. Yeah. There's a lot more opportunity to go, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'd really like to keep this really cool thing that might come in handy once, but I really need this ring of protection. Now yeah. you yeah. can keep the really cool thing that might come in handy. Yeah. So well, and that's you can nice. invest, you can invest like 10 different things. It doesn't matter where you're wearing them. Yes. I do like that. There's no more slots and things like that. Yeah. And I also like that, you can just swap out runes like there's no yes. masterwork anymore. Yes. So it's one of those. All right. So I have enough money to upgrade my sword. Let me just swap these runes real quick instead of, you know. Yeah, I think the sword has to be like a good quality. quality yeah. But, but yeah, but it's way easier. You don't have to worry about, OK, well, I want a plus one sword, but my swords only, you know, isn't masterwork. So. Let me pay an extra 300 gold for it to be masterwork. Okay, now I can pay the two grand to make well, it plus one. And you, you can know? remove the runes and yeah, put them on yeah. a new thing. Which is which nice. Is cool. yeah. yeah, I like that. I so. guess Rotha asks, thoughts on magic items? Mostly moving away from the big six, yeah, so, except well, they kind of still exist. Yeah. Um, changes to wands and staves, consumables, etc. I Like I said, I think moving kind of that shift away from the big six being essential items yeah. is a good thing. Um, you know, your saves and everything leveling up with you means that you don't really have to get an item that adds to your saves anymore, you know, and things like that. Well, uh, you can get, a, you yeah. can just inscribe a rune on your armor, armor instead yeah. of having to get a cloak or a uh, necklace or a whatever. Yeah. Which is Wands nice. Wands being like, don't like not having charges really anymore and are pretty much once per day. It does a thing. I don't know how, I mean, I understand they were trying to get away from people by, you know, 20 wands of cure light wounds and then ding the fighter for a whole wand and chunk it over your shoulder yeah. and get the next one. Well, that was also because, you know, there weren't other, you yeah. know, magical Ways options. Yeah. So I think with the battle medic thing, that's not going to be as big of a yeah. deal. So, so I understand why they did it, but I kind of wish it wasn't just a one and done. I don't know yeah. if there are wands that have more than one thing a day, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, haven't ever felt inclined to buy a wand in second edition. And I not, don't know if yeah. it's because of that or not. Mm -hmm. I do think the staves are cool because yeah. you can yeah. actually afford them at lower levels. Yeah. That's oh, kind of cool. <laughs> so I, I do think that those are fun um, and recharging them and stuff is kind of, you know, it is what it is. All right. Last question from this section from graph graph and the boys graph and the boys Hello. and the yep, mana wastes. Yep. 
Most players think talismans are really bad. I don't know if that's true. That's just what Graf says. Nobody uses them except the magic weapon one. Paizo devs have repeatedly said that people are sleeping on them and released in the APG a dedication that makes them even better. So talismans, duds or awesome? I think the talismans are really kind of situational. Most of them do like one thing. Um, I did buy a talisman for Celestine with our gold from the first part of Dark Moon Veil. I can't remember what it's called, mm. but I think it's like a, I think it might be the Jaguar one where she can like, you know, the catfall thing. The, yeah. Or and something like that. Cause I was like, this could actually be really useful for a rogue. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think it's one of those. I think it's almost like people are so used to the big six that they're like, Oh, I need to save my money for this. And they haven't really, given the talismans a try but when i was reading through them looking you know so they felt like looking through the book, to me a little bit yeah so I, I think that they're the idea of them is cool mm-hmm. um i i buy the uh there's one it's like the crying angel pendant or something that if you critically fail your medicine check you don't hurt the person yeah mm-hmm. that's um but the issue good. for me comes into this like it's consumable you can use it one time uh, so I actually wrote down an example. There's an item called the effervescent ampule. It's a second level item. It costs seven gold pieces. You have to be an expert in acrobatics. And for paying seven gold pieces and being an expert in acrobatics, what you get once is the ability to walk on water or over pressure plates without triggering them for one turn. See, See and that no. doesn't seem worth it to me. No, but like there's some of them that seem some really cool. better than others. Yeah, so I think it's, again, it's one of those things. They're trying to get away from the big six, and I think they're still trying to kind of even that out a little bit. I imagine as we get more of them and more books, they're going to probably play with it and figure out, you know, we'll yeah. start yeah. getting ones that might be more useful in the long run. Hope what so. will people actually spend their fake gold on? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true, true. Um, I guess the rest of this book is an appendix with conditions. It's cool. You can reference it very easy. The yes. character sheet is in there. Yep. It looks like a character sheet. I have been weirdly using Hero Labs for second edition. I guess because we're all at home. So I don't know. It's weird. I don't like the color scheme of the character sheets that mm. came in the character pack. But once I photocopy it and it's black and white, it doesn't bother me. Huh, like I said it, I said it out the character we did for that trial run we did with you, Jess, on oh, a, yeah. on that character sheet, and this class specific ones are actually really nice. Um, it's just I I cannot stand the color scheme. But then, like I said, once it's black and white, photocopied, eh, it, I actually thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. So um, at least they're like not sideways anymore. I know that like was going to be were. my comment. Be like, <laughs> I was just happy when they made it portrait. I was like, I, I do kind of miss the smaller font size though. Cause everything just feels too big to me. I, well, there's I less like, crammed on the character yeah. sheet now though. I think so. it's, I think it's Param in no direction made one that's landscape. And aside from being landscape, which is kind of weird, it's smaller again, which I yeah. like. Yes, yeah. his is really nice, and it is landscape, but yeah, the... Trade-offs. I, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure somewhere, someone out there will eventually come to a happy medium. And I, I don't know, I'm yeah. super spoiled with I was your labs say, at this I've, point. I've used uh, the dyslexic uh, character oh, yeah. sheets before, and I don't know if they've come up with 2E ones yet, but I'm excited to see what they come up with. 
Nice. Yeah, it's one of those things where like first edition, I would never want to use Hero Labs. There's too much stuff. But second edition, there's not so much stuff. And so... And we used to Path Builder a little bit. Yeah. Too. Path Builder is good path for second edition really too. good for second edition. I couldn't figure and out free. the first one. Yeah, it is free and awesome. And I think there's a Starfinder one too now. Anyway, not that show. Yeah, All right, not that show. Here are some... Uh, also, there's a Glossary and Index. We started with that though, so we'll skip on. <laughs> yeah, y'all know how to use a Glossary. And if you don't, Google it. <laughs> um, here, uh, Ross in the chat has asked, what is our favorite 2E magic item? Oh, I don't know enough. I haven't perused uh, yeah, enough to answer that question. Give me yeah, time. I don't either. Ask me again yeah. in six months. Yep. Yeah, true. There's Give just us more cool stuff in uh, Darkmoon Vale, Ross, and, and then we'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, All I right. think I'm a cool um, sword, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Trebalion. Mm. It, from our Discord asks, what was the most surprising change from the playtest to the full release that you found? So these are kind of general questions. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the chat and you want to just ask us something random, like go for it. Now is the time. Yeah. So anyway, what's the most surprising change from playtest to full release that you found? I guess they didn't change this enough for me, but I I really hated from one e to two e the utility spells. That was yeah yeah. They're better than they were in the playtest. Yeah, still, they're, they're better, yeah, but like not as we discussed before. Yeah. It's we surprising they didn't change them more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were we were hoping for more change. And I do like that you don't have negatives because was oh. it instead mm -hmm. of being untrained being zero, it was like a negative number, it was like negative so, four yeah. or something. Yeah, and like, so. I'm sure the math is the same, but now I, I it's like a, a zero looks better to me than a negative one. It's all a psychological thing. Yeah, so it's I'm all glad psychological. Mr. Winston. Yeah, he's being a crybaby. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, I agree that the uh, that was my big feedback to them on proficiency was just psychologically it's better to have a zero than a negative. Yeah. Mm. So I'm glad they changed that. All right. Sarah Goodcouch asks... What rule tweak from 1E to 2E is the moi chef's kiss change for you all? Like the elegance of it just lights up your brain with appreciation. Three action economy. I'm going to say the <laughs> new spell list that druid spells aren't just like a weird conglomeration mm. of you know, like, you know, other stuff that they have their own list now. I think it's super cool that there's a whole new occult School. That is cool. That is That's cool. pretty and, uh, cool. Bards also are not just a weird random list of arcane spells. They have their own list now. Yeah. I, That's I true. think that's awesome. I like how they changed animal companions. I like that I don't have to learn tricks. I don't have to like argue with my GM over whether or not I think a thing falls into the trick or the not trick or if yeah. I have it or if I don't have it. Um, and they get cool support abilities. So I'm, I'm happy to use one of my actions to give them too, because they're actually useful in a way that's not like bogging down what I'm trying yeah. to do here. Mine's a three action economy. That's been my favorite thing. It's just, it's glorious. Yeah. It's so wonderful. It's so good, but you already said it. So I tried I to think of a different one. <laughs> All right. Next question. We're rolling along. Um, Eric from Norse Foundry says, uh, what's your least favorite rule? I know Heather's. Shields. I hate the way shields work in second edition. They should always add to your AC. And if you use the action to raise them, that's when you can use it to block the hit and the hit points. You know what I mean? Mm. But the fact that you have to spend an action to raise your shield for it to even act, add to your AC is 
ridiculous think, and I'm going to stop talking because otherwise yeah. we're going to be here for like an hour. I think the only reason this one is not a hill I'll die on is because I can't remember the last time I played a character with a shield. <laughs> I actually kind of like it because it gives me something to do with my last action when I'm like, oh, shield. That, that is going to be the freaking hill I die on for second edition. Like 10 years from now, I'm still going to be like, the shield rule is stupid. Heather <laughs> is never going to use a shield. Now, the shield spell good yeah. yeah one action spell to give yourself a shield that floats around yes um mine is i don't like how detect magic read or identify yeah. work i think it's stupid i don't want to spend a million years waiting around for the wizard to take a minute or 10 minutes per item to look at it when i just want to know if i can use it or not yeah. is it good cool let me put it on my face or whatever <laughs> And this is how you so, end up with cursed items. <laughs> that was my own fault for not making that check. But we didn't have to wait 10 minutes for me to do that and then still put on a cursed item. Fair. I don't know. I, I don't, that, that was actually kind of one of mine. I, I don't love the way Detect Magic works in the new one. That's, but I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I... Uh, I don't, I don't even play enough it. to really get a least favorite one yet. I played three different spellcasters. I never take detect magic. I take read aura and then I just guess. I'm like, this is probably magical read aura. This is probably magical read aura. Yep. That's probably magical read aura. And that's what I take. Cause like, what's the point in taking detect magic? It tells you if there's something, it's like playing hot and cold. All right. Okay. <laughs> these are the hills we're dying on. Let's move on. We got hills, man. We got hills. Um, all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to grab out of the chat since it's about to go away. Where did it go? <gasps> oh, uh -oh. no. It did go away. Uh, Eric from Norse Foundry asks, what's the weakest class in the core rulebook, in your opinion, and why is your answer the alchemist? Is <laughs> 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 it sad that that was what popped in my head? <laughs> it's the alchemist. I don't laugh. Uh, yeah. no, I, just, I think the alchemist is good if you're good at playing an alchemist. <clears throat> Rick. <laughs> But uh -huh. I, it's too freaking fiddly. Like, I, <laughs> I you don't need, like You need alchemist. somebody who is kind of good at um, <clears throat> bending the rules because they know them so well. <clears throat> Rick. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've seen some <laughs> alchemists be played and they're okay. But like, if I'm picking my go team, I'm not picking an alchemist. Yeah, not yeah. usually. I haven't seen the monk in play, but the monk looks cool. So I don't think that yeah. they're the weakest. So, Okay. Everybody agree with Alchemist or? Probably. Yeah, we'll just go I mean, we all are kind of lukewarm on Alchemist regardless. <laughs> so like that was an easy question, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Heidi from Karamaga. Ah, she lives downstairs from the troll. Yes. Um, yes, she does. What's one change rule or narrative that really surprised you when you first encountered it? Uh, I'm going to stick with what we already wrote down. Yeah. The My tyrant. Yeah. Tyrant's back. Last wall's yeah. gone. That, what the that heck? Was, that what was, happened, that was, man? That was a, a shocker. Like the tyrant being back, cool, but like all of Last Wall's gone, lame. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, what the nine hells? That one went this <laughs> <laughs> Uh All right. Donut Dog asks, <laughs> Donut Dog. Is, um, it, is it dog or it says DPG? It's supposed to be dog. I think, oh, I, I, think I did a bad okay. job you of typing. Type it wrong. Just can't type. <laughs> How do you recommend new players learn the rules? Is there a best way? Um, honestly, playing the game. I know yeah. that's like the lame go-to answer, but I mean, I they have they there's a beginner's box coming out soon. That's, that's probably going to be really helpful. But the best way to learn how to play pretty much any pen and paper RPG, in my experience, is to kind of peruse the book, you know, and just sit down and play. Yeah, mm -hmm. you don't have to be perfect out of the gate. 
Yeah, I think what helped uh, our group, uh, Sans Heather, because she was already playing before this, but um, that Rick paired us in a group or put us in a group with an already experienced player, which was Ross. And so Ross kind of helped guide us as we were playing. You know, we didn't we didn't know what exactly we should do. And he was very good at kind of helping us do this and do that. And Rick would also, um, when we first started playing, would offer like different pathways we could take. Be like, well, with your turn, you could do this, this, or this. Or if you guys want to explore this, you can do this, this, or this. And at first, it was really nice to have kind of uh, not getting the uh, paradox of choice going. <laughs> Mm. So. so here's what I would do. And it is not just a plug for our Discord, which is amazing. <laughs> join it. The link is on our website. I would go to the Find the Path Discord. I would join the Find the Path Discord Path Lodge because we do have a Path Lodge on there. I would sign up for a quest or um, maybe a scenario if you feel like something longer. A lot of it is play-by-post. The beauty of learning in play-by-post is that you have as much time as you need to look up a rule. Yep. So you can nice. literally make a character. Everybody there is super friendly and helpful. You, you can ask the folk for all the help. And then you can learn to play in a thing where you're expected to post like once a day. So you can actually like, I'm a wizard. I don't know what this does. You don't have to feel on the spot yeah. having to look up a rule real fast. You can look it up in your own time and then type out what you want to do. Bam. Yep. That's actually a valid strategy. Yeah, so I think about that. So go to the Discord. Yeah. Go to the Discord. Also, I like to plug the Discord because it's great. It's <laughs> because you're on it a lot. <laughs> I, am, I live on there. I'm on there a lot. All right. Ben from the Discord says, also, only people in the Discord gave us questions in advance. Nobody on Twitter did. That was weird. Hmm. Is there a mechanic from 1E that you miss or wish had made it to 2E? Freaking five foot steps being a free action instead of being a step <laughs> yeah. or a move. <laughs> I miss action. that so much. God. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I miss attack of opportunities being a thing that everyone had and not uh, an extra, like a special reaction. Like mm. I don't mind that one. I miss, and I learned it the hard way recently. I miss being able to retain a touch spell if you miss. Because uh, you like, yeah. I've used my shocking grasp that does a D12 of damage or whatever, but I missed on my touch attack. I missed when I could be like, I'm just going to retain that. I'll try again yeah. next round. <laughs> okay, Hollis. Oh, yeah, you got real Southern there, Jess. <laughs> you know what? It's getting late. Hollis <laughs> is Jessica late. Yeah. That's how that is. The later it gets, the you know, more twang that comes out because we're ticks. And, it's true. You know, it's a thing. It's Sorry. Just, it just happens. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. It's very late here. Every Sun's once in a while, I'll say a word, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I just sounded so southern. Yeah, my my Midwestern parents were horrified the first time I said five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, any questions from our live studio audience? That's not a studio audience, but is live, live. probably. Hey, they might we be got undead. we got through Could that they? in like an hour and a half. That's not too yeah, bad. Yeah. It's a huge book. It's gigantic. So, it is gigantic. Any other questions? Because I feel like we got through all these questions, which is cool. Yes. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Let me scroll up and see if I missed any. I might have missed some. I thought Jordan was supposed to be helping us with that. No, they're in there. They're, oh, okay. I mean, Jordan. Ross is in there, too. Yeah. Yay. All right. I think Rick's in there, too, isn't he? A lot of questions yeah, about things that they're not asking us. They're talking to the boys. <gasps> I see how it is. Rude. Oh. <laughs> I'll uh, like GM no, questions. They're the more the GMs. Probably. I, I'm a GM. 
That is true. GM you're kind of a recent GM and you've done really well. Of course, you did GM for, for me children. and uh, no, even before that. Oh, and for you and Angie for me one time. And my friend Angie, like way back in the day. It's true. All right. Well, <laughs> if will, there's nothing else, then. I, I hope you uh, and enjoyed our discussion. discussion and sometimes off topic rants sorry right. about the <laughs> core rulebook it's true we um this will be on youtube probably yep. next couple of days Thanks. and it'll be on our find the path ventures feed in about a week probably yep, yep. and next if Thursday. you have any thoughts about any of the things we said you can always go to our reddit or you in the us. discord and at, you know and or twitter and add us and we'll answer your questions Ooh, we did get one more question i'm gonna throw it in here okay is there a second edition adventure path you'd like to play? All of them. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, coming up, I, I mm, gosh, all of them. All yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. I actually really want to play. What is it? It the first one, something of ashes. I'm Age of ashes. Ashes. Yeah. Yeah. ashes. I yeah. actually think that one sounds really cool. So I yeah. really would want to do that one. And. um, Agents of Edgewatch Agents sounds of pretty Edgewatch, cool. Yeah. So it has a weird loot system. Yeah. Not for this show, but it's got a weird loot system that I, it's it's weird. Yeah. Um, but all of them. But yeah. I mean, always, always all of them, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, yeah. If you uh, come hang out with us on Discord, come subscribe to our Patreon if you want more cool content. That's Chat, uh, mm-hmm. you know on there and. If you, ha- like I said, if you have questions about this or commentary or, you know, want to argue with me about shields, <laughs> um, you can come to the Reddit or add us on Twitter or even, you know, post in the Discord. Yep, we yep. check it out. It's true. We're around. Anyway, yep. I guess until next time, next time. good luck. Good Y'all luck have a great night. Bye. Oh, good luck, Pathfolk. I had to do the Pathfinder thing for Rick. <laughs> Rude. <laughs>